welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And uh, I am so excited to be joined by a new friend that I've run into a couple times on the road, Chris Beal of Connect and Sell. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Good to be here. It's great to have you. And we're going to have a great, fun conversation about, you know, maybe some of the good news that's coming out of this pandemic and, and for sellers that are, you know, make their living this way, things that might give them some encouragement. I know you've been watching this and you're quite the data guy. So I think we'll have some good news, but um, you know, Chris, this, this show is called Ales with Aslan. So we got to start with something frosty, cold and refreshing, but I think maybe you might have a replacement beverage. It might not be an ale. Tell me what you got there. Yeah. You know, our fridge is full here. We're up uh, at my, my fiance and I are up here at our apartment in Port Townsend, a little tiny place, you know, allows us to do a little beach walking and this and that. And we have to keep stuff that's non-refrigerated because our fridge is full of all the food we need. So uh, I got this little guy. I don't know if anybody recognizes. Oh, I got to put him right in front of me, the little horsey on the Blantons. I remember. Oh, uh, I know him well. He's a nice little bourbon. She taught me how to drink bourbon. You know, Chris Voss, who wrote Never Split the Difference, I once told him he is uh, unable to do one thing in the world, which is teach me to drink bourbon. And then I found out about a year later. It's because I was going to meet a woman who taught me how to drink bourbon. So, <laughs> so here we are. Here there we are. Go. And uh, cheers. Cheers. Let me get mine open here. I've got a uh, Shiner Light Blonde. This is uh, from Shiner, Texas. Um, and I don't see the alcohol by volume on this one, but it's 16 ounces. So by the end of this, I'll, uh, I'll be feeling pretty good, too. Let's yeah, I get, a little, I get a little better than uh, percentage-wise than you got there. Yes, you do. Yes, they you say do. the proof is in the pudding, but in this case, the proof is in the uh, in the bottle under the little horsey there. You're going to get out ahead of me a little. Oh, that's bit. nice. Talking talk about getting out ahead. That is yeah. ahead right there. Yeah, that looks good. That looks good. All right, my good. friend. Here we go. Cheers. If we're all going to be stuck in our houses, at least we can get some virtual cocktail hours going, right? <laughs> yeah, well, one industry is doing well. I can guarantee you that. Oh my gosh, there's no doubt. Uh, I, would, I would love to. There's actually an Aslan brewery that I have on my list to call. Um, I, they're out by you somewhere. I want to say they're West Coast, um, but we're going to look up Aslan. It's, it's got the lion just like us, you know, the, uh, from C.S. Lewis's book. So, well, welcome, Chris. Let's talk. Let's, uh, you know, I know you, you know, maybe a good place to start is that, is that post you had yesterday with, you know, why is this kind of news, good news of connection rates and so on and so forth, not something that's on the news, not something that's on the front of the Wall Street Journal. So why don't you take us through what you're finding from a statistical point of view? Yeah, well, it's kind of two big things that are going on. First of all, one is that there are some experts, well-meaning experts, who've been telling people to stop prospecting until the experts give the all clear. And, you know, I guess from a lot of perspectives, that feels pretty good. Like, but I think it comes from an interesting place. Um, what surprised me is some of these experts are actually people who would normally say prospect. I think everybody knows if you stop prospecting, it's like sailing a boat and stopping moving, right? You can't steer it anymore if it's not moving. Yeah. So, you know, if you get yourself in iron straight into the wind and, and you can't get out, you're not going anywhere and you're going to be sideways to the waves and wallowing and life's not going to be good. And I think that's where a lot of businesses are going to end up. And the only thing to, to keep you going isn't your balance sheet, it's not your cash, it's, it's your pipeline. And your pipeline's not a zucchini, it's an onion. You know, it's not yeah. like you go out one day and look at it and go, hey, my pipeline, look how big it is, right? It's like, 
I didn't look at my garden for a little while. My pipeline's like the zucchini that suddenly grew. It's like, no, you build your pipeline over quarters and quarters and quarters and years. Yeah. And if you let it go, it's gone. And to get it started again, will take you a lot longer than you think. So the bad news is some people have been listening to this and crawling into the foxhole. And I've been doing this stuff, Scott, I don't know how long, 41 years, something like that. Yeah. You know, building the, these businesses. And I've never seen a business come back from turning off its pipeline intentionally. Right. It just doesn't happen. It's 100% death sentence. Yep. And so, you know, that's the, that's the uh, unusual, it's not the bad news, it's just what's going on, is people feel like that. Now, the facts say that it's actually easier to get a hold of people on the telephone now than it was back in February, back in January. And we're actually going to be putting out some numbers, working with the bridge group, with Trish Bertuzzi and Matt Bertuzzi and those folks, and we're going to put on an index that shows what it was like in last year, same two-week period. So we'll match them up, week one, yep. week two, with week one, week two. So we're at week 11 and 12. We're the beginning of this, of the end, March 15th to March 30th. And there are numbers that have gotten better, and there are numbers that are kind of flat. But reach rate is one of the numbers that's basically gotten a little bit better. And conversation length is a little bit better, too. So people are easier to reach. We think we know why. It's because they're forwarding their desk phones to their cell phones, because how else are you going to do that? Right. And they're answering the phone because they don't know who it is, and business is suddenly more important than attending a bunch of meetings at the office. Yeah. So talking to people, starting to count. And then there's loneliness. People want to talk. So we're seeing better numbers by a little bit, maybe by 7%. I think it's going to come back down to normal, but it'll be just like it was before. Right now, it's a little bit better. And the other thing we're seeing is reps who have, now this is me biased here, right? Because I run a company called Connect and Sell, and we let a rep push a button and talk to somebody without doing anything, right? Yeah. Those reps, and we have 104 co companies worth of them, have gone home, and they didn't miss one hour of production by going to work from home. And we have the hardcore numbers on every single company. Day they went home compared to, you know, before and after on that day for them. And we've seen no drop off in production in any one of them. Yeah. So it's clear you can build pipe. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, we, we, we do a lot of writing and you know our CEO, Tom Stanfill, and he's, he came out with an article a couple of weeks ago about should we be selling in a pandemic? And, and his, his, you know, contention was it depends on your motive, right? Why are you picking up the phone and calling? And so I'm curious if you're, if you're calling with pure motive of I'm trying to call you to help you, great, pick up the phone. If you're calling to just check in and touch base, maybe not. So I'm curious with your folks, what is, you know, what is their motive and what are they trying to do? And what are you seeing when those conversations get started? To your point, they're lonely and they want to talk, but then what's that conversation like? Yeah, I mean, I think that's crucial, but I think that's always true. There's nothing true. There's nothing new about the fact that you should be calling to offer help. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, that's just sales like that's not even one on one. That's like zero zero. Yeah. Right. That's literally companies exist to help people do things that are hard for them to do by themselves. Yeah. Help other companies and B2B do things that are hard for them to do by themselves. You're literally calling to help. I mean, what else could you possibly be calling for? Yeah, and somehow that reputation got out there that sales reps with commission breath were there for their own benefit. But I don't know how those folks last very long if they're not other centered. So that's a, that's a great it's a great point. It's a great point. It should always be that way for sure. 
yeah, there's no change here. Now the, the question is, well, how bright's the light? Right. <clears throat> right. When times are good, the light is dim. And everybody's kind of going there, just swimming around, you know, go, ah, I can get away with this, I can get away with that. Because essentially, I call it the closet order taker, right? So yep. they get to take orders and then make the case that they were tied somehow to what they did. But what they're really doing is just harvesting the fact that their company does something and they were there to take the order. But when times get, get tough, now we're down to actual selling, which means letting somebody know about something they didn't know about before that might be of value to them. Yeah. And that's a completely different game. And, and so folks have to sell for the first time for a while. It's probably been in tech and in an industry we see a lot of. Probably been, let me think, 11 years since anybody had to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So what you tell us about your business. So you guys, what, you, what is your... What does your core customer look like versus, you know, we're, we're kind of one of those industries where we, we sell to anybody that has hundreds or even thousands of reps. And I think you're in a similar, but you've got some industries that you specialize in. Uh, not so much industries, although we get a lot of tech because of one element of what we do. So, you know, we provide ability for a rep to push a button, talk to somebody, just like yep. calling an Uber. So they go to, you know, like 30, 40, 50 conversations a day. I mean, could I share my screen for? for I'd love to see it. Yeah, I think All right, me, we, we are videotaping. I think this is the first time we're actually videotaping the entire podcast. So if we have uh, some good stuff to share, we may share this as a video, not just a audio podcast. Okay, here we go. Look at this. All right. I'll act like it's audio just so everybody knows. But what this is, is our leaderboard for our team. This is our team selling, connect and sell. They call VPs of sales. Yep. That's pretty much all they do. Little team, you can see I scroll it. I'm guessing there's probably 16 people on this team, maybe 17 right now. Mm -hmm. Some of them you would think are pretty unusual. There's one that his title is vice president, senior vice president of sales and marketing right there. Most of the time you don't see them cold calling, right? Right. But he's got more than an SDR's worth of dials today, 62 dials. He's, got, he's used Connect Itself for 31 minutes. And, um, you know, it's end of the month, right? It's, it's what is the date today? 29th, 29th yep. April. And so he still found time to have three conversations on 62 dials, three conversations with a full day for an SDR. And he set one meeting. But if you look at the guys at kind of the top of the conversation list, my SDRs, here's a guy, John Tuggle. He's got six hours and 30 minutes on Connect and Sell. All he's done all day is he's pushed the button right here 43 times. Yeah. He pushes a button 43 times once. He has a conversation. And then he does whatever he does. In the background, the system has made and navigated 545 dials for him. So that's about, what, uh, 12 days of an SDR's performance. And he's got that in six hours and 30 minutes. Look at that. He set 13 meetings today. I don't know what John Tuggle's up to today, but he's, the guy's en fuego like, yeah, you know, clearly we're sitting here. You're having a beer. I'm having a plant. And John, yeah. Tuggle is, John Tuggle's having a blast. And he's converting high today and he must be calling his follow-up list and he's waiting to get an next conversation about two minutes and 36 seconds. So the team is a, this little team's at 10,118 dials today. They didn't do one of those dials. All done for them, all navigated for them, resulting in 325 conversations. They've set 33 meetings. So as the CEO, this is my number one thing I care about. I care about not the meetings. I care how many conversations there are we have with relevant parties. So that's how we move into the marketplace. And I, and, and I think, 
this is interesting yeah. for me for me to see because I you know you and I've talked a lot, but I don't think I've ever looked at your dashboard with you. And this is really interesting to just see a what you're measuring, but to your point of going back and looking at these connection rates and these metrics from a year ago versus now is going to be really interesting because to me, you talked about the light. This looks like there's some there's some bright spots in selling right now that people are just not talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, imagine I, I you know John Tuggle set 13 meetings today. Yeah. So that is roughly a month of meetings for a lot of SDRs. Yeah. And he's done that today and he's gone home. It's just end of his day. I think six hours and 30 minutes is what we limit these guys to. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's, we just kind of live in a different world. We live in a world that's like the rough speed differences between, uh, you remember those things that we used to go around like really far away? What were they called? Like, I don't know, jet airplanes, right? Remember yes. Those? I vaguely remember right? those. Yeah. yeah, there were these airliners, and you go to a place called an airport, you stand in a long line, you get a tube with wings, you breathe air that was breathed by your closest friends, about you know, 186 of them. <laughs> well, those things used to fly around. I remember it well. And if you compared one of those to a fairly common form of transportation in a village in, you know, say, the developing world, that would be a donkey. <laughs> this is roughly that ratio. Yeah. It's roughly, you know, jet airplane to donkey ratio. Yeah. And the donkey's not quite as comfortable, you know, on the airplane. You can sit there. I, John Tuggle all day could have been, for all I know, you know <clears throat> not sit in the Blantons, but probably he has a coffee or whatever he wants and he's sitting comfortably. After all, the effort level is this. He pushed a button 43 times over six hours. Yeah. And even I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think when you and I were talking about, you know, putting this uh, podcast together, we were talking about how some companies, including ours, are, are everybody's kind of all hands on deck. So you're, you're one of your VPs is jumping in and smiling and dialing and having conversations, right? We're talking about doing the same thing in our company. And I think that that all getting in the trenches together uh, mentality is, is another, you know, I guess if you're looking for benefits out of what we're going through as a country and as a, as a globe, these are some of the things that are kind of cool that are, you know, bringing the companies maybe closer together, right? Yeah, I mean, I think this is just, a, it's a get real time, right? So yeah. the thing that's going away is the pointless meeting. What's funny about meetings is when you hide meetings in conference rooms, their pointlessness is also hidden. Yeah. But when you have your meetings online and a Zoom, their pointlessness becomes evident to all. And so I think a lot of folks are kind of like, Backing off on the pointless meetings. One of these guys right here, you see this guy, Ryan Reiser, right? He's a pretty well-known guy out there on LinkedIn and stuff. He's had uh, 192 uh, dials today. I don't know what's with his list, only one conversation. But he didn't care. I'm sure he's doing something else. But this guy right here, when you kind of look at, you know, what is, what is his, uh, his world look like? It's, it's different from before he came to work for us. He was a CEO of his own company. Oh, wow. Happy, you know, running his company, came to work for us as a rep. Yep. And I asked him two weeks in, what do you think about Connect and Sell? You know, he knew the product, obviously. He built his previous company on top of Connect and Sell and some other technologies. And he said, this is a weird company. He said, you guys don't do anything but work. <laughs> you don't hold meetings. You you know, you don't have status reports. And what do you do? You just, you just work and everybody is helping everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I look, I look back on that. That was back in January. But that's where I think everybody's going is working for customers and having fun, working yeah. together and helping each other. And those, you know, I've said, I think I said to you, I've said it to a lot of people, 
It sounds bad, and please don't anybody take this the wrong way. This isn't about anybody being sick or not sick or whatever, but in a, in a fundamental sociological historical sense, okay? Come up here to the level of come outside of your fear and your family and everything else you might be worried about. And just think about this. This virus is civilizing our society. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let that sink in, right? My goodness. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it's tumultuous times for everybody. Everybody's having to relearn things. But when you think about all the waste we cut out <clears throat> in this new world that we're living in, now we're all social people. I mean, you and I are social. We enjoyed meeting at conferences and having a cocktail together and and just you know talking uh, about the conference and, and life itself. Uh, and and those things don't have to go away. Those things can continue to happen. But uh, there there is a lot of waste in the way we were living our business lives at least and i think our social lives too so this is this is compelling and very interesting information that we're looking at on the screen and i want to i want to also you know sort of bring this back to this this post you had because as i think about um you know the the mainstream media seems to be only talking about all the negativity that that, that this is that this is uh creating in the world but as i think about you know, the good things that could come out of it. I get so much time back in my day every day. If you're doing this right, you have time to go for walks, you have time to work out, you have time to have a cocktail because you're not two hours in the car every day like I used to be when I lived in New York City. And I think you had a similar experience in, in commuting. We're not waiting in, you know, TSA lines, you know, to get on airplanes and wasting days at a time. We're actually living life. And when we can figure out how to do it effectively and streamline it, like what your company helps helps people do, and like Aslan helps people do. This is really uh, this has got some upside to it, doesn't it? It does, it does. And you know, it's kind of there's a there's a brutal a brutal squeeze that's put on you know that happens in times like this called capital efficiency. Yep. And most people don't think about what that really means. Remember, capital is what you use to build the means by which you build things, build factories with capital, you build capabilities with capital. And its efficiency is, well, how much does it make? You know, how many dollars of value does that thing that you made with the capital produce per unit time, per day, week, whatever it happens to be? And we kind of entered into an economy that was very kind of lean in certain ways within the supply chain, but just fat as all get out with regard to what we cared about. Yeah. And, you know, and now people are, are finding out what they really care about and what they enjoy. Like I'm going to go for a walk later today with my fiance and we're going to walk a few miles. We're going to go to a beach that's covered with rocks and we're going to hunt for sea glass together. Now, would we have done that after a day of work after if with the one hour commute? I don't think so. Right. No. No. So is that, what's that worth? What's that? You know, how would you put a dollar value on that? It's a big number. It's a big, big number. And yet it's capital efficient. What does it cost us to walk over there? Costs, you know, that at some point somebody had to eat a fajita, I guess. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was kind of, yeah, you had to have enough fuel in the belly to be able to walk over there and walk back, not much more. Yeah. So yeah. I think we're entering a, a world that has just got more reality that's come home to roost. And it's an improvement for most people for their lives. Now, some people go, well, you know, I don't like the fact that I can't just bop out somewhere and get that food that was bad for me. Well, you'll be able to do that again soon, but you'll be able to get there without sitting in the, in the traffic jam. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think a lot of the, you know, salespeople are, are largely competitive people. And I think a lot of them are huge sports fans. And I think that's for me personally, driving me crazy that I can't watch sports on TV. I almost years ago got tired of the being in person at the sporting event, <laughs> but just play the game so we can watch something. Cause I'm missing that. But you know, other than that, I, um, I've seen a lot of good come out of this uh, a lot more quality time with family playing games at night maybe watching a movie with, with, with my daughter that's home because she just couldn't make it work out in the West coast until this is all over. Um, it, it's just, there's some good stuff and I, and it's exciting. It's exciting to have them around. It is. And we're seeing in business companies are coming together. Yeah. There's the, the misfortune that these companies that were bloated in terms of their size yeah. pumped up by venture money or pumped up by, I don't know what to call it, kind of a confidence in, in that there would never be a downturn. Um, you know, they built the companies differently, right? A lot of the companies built differently. By the way, when we went through this, we decided ourselves across the board to take a little, uh, a little reduction in pay across the board, and we'll come back to normal pay later. But nobody got laid off, and nobody will be laid off. Right. We're, and we're a bootstrap company. We're like, we don't run with, you know, massive cash, cash balances, and we're not... We're, we're really, truly bootstrapped, have been for years and years and years. And yet, if you look at the size of the company on the inside, you know, 550 people, lots of things going on, delivering a couple hundred thousand fully navigated dials a day, you'd think that's a big monster. It must be funded. But it's not. But you'd also think, hey, you go through the eye of the needle in this, this, these times, that's the kind of company you'll have to cut. Yeah. And the answer is no, we didn't. We didn't have to cut. All we had to do was just say, you know, let's go back to what we were being paid two years ago. We weren't dead then. And let's just kind of slide through that way. And then just to make sure, it turns out it's probably that was unnecessary, but whatever. And, you know, let's do business. Let's just focus on helping folks. Now, some of these companies are pretty fat. You know, I want to talk to the, the head of sales development for a company that's heavily funded. And he was building a sales development team down in Phoenix. And I won't name the company. They're not in business anymore, but I still won't name them. But they were well-known, shall we say, in the insurance space. Right? And um, I talked to this guy and I said, hey, so if I could show you how you could get this job done with 35 people instead of 300, would that be of any interest to you at all? And he said, absolutely not. No interest whatsoever. Wow. And I asked him why. And he said, look, the venture capitalist you know, gave our company money to show we can scale. Yeah. It's a demo. We're demonstrating that we can scale. And scale means hire tons of people. So now there's a lot of people with jobs who are fortunate to get those jobs because of the pace of, you know, they, they see it as their God-given right, but it actually wasn't. It just turned out to be an artifact of the times. Yeah. And they're readapting quickly. To, that's what's beautiful about it. Everybody's adapting. Yeah. There's nobody, I don't see anybody sitting still. Everybody's adapting. Totally, totally. I mean, you, you know our business a little bit, but we, we were, you know, a huge percentage of our, our education, our training was done in workshops. Well, those face-to-face workshops are not happening in any real numbers right now. And we've been, we've been moving everything to virtual, virtual instructor-led, but also really building out our, our, uh, our digital learning, to our, you know, our online learning in the, in the self-paced stuff. And Honestly, sometimes it takes something like this for all the creativity to come out. I read a great article 
that I posted on LinkedIn not too long ago about all the great companies that came out of the 2008-9 recession, right? Your Ubers yeah. and some of those types of companies were born out of, out of necessity and out of the creativity that comes with a downturn. And I don't doubt that that's going to happen again uh, during this, this uh, you know, this valley that we're in. And I, and I look forward to, you know, seeing us all come out of it. I think there's, there's so much we can learn. Um, I think this kind of stuff, right? So there's more time to, to, to talk to other people, small business owners, where, you know, it's interesting to see what, what people are doing. How are they evolving? And you guys are, are it sounds like doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I am wondering how... How Mr. Oh, Tuggle made uh, all those calls today. He sounds like he, well, he didn't make it. He only made 40, 43. He, he, he pushed the button 43 times. The 545 dials were made by Connect and Cell and navigated by Connect and yeah. Cell. What I want to know is how did John Tuggle set 13 meetings today? That's, it's, that's, simply, that's simply awesome. Something's going on. That guy's going in some hall of fame. And we're going to find out why. Because, you know, he's a normal, he's a normal rep. He's really good. Yeah, sets a fair number of meetings, but 13, that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I'll go over and have a look and, and try to learn from it. Uh, one of the, the beauties of what we're doing now with all the online kind of stuff like this, being able to manage a team remotely, you actually have time to be curious. And that's a huge that. differentiator. That is, you know, it's, I, I'm so glad you said that because as a management team or, as, you know, as owners of companies and stuff, that is absolutely true. But I was thinking even as sales reps, right? We're, you know, sometimes we're so busy chasing that next, you know, call and, and that we don't take time to be curious and learn some things about our customers, right? And, you know, I know we're, I know in your business, it's, it, it's the law of, of large numbers. You got to, you got to smile and dial and your, your, your system does that for people and adds all kinds of efficiency. But you also have time, like if you're making all of those calls and having all those conversations, and that was in six and a half hours, I think he had of talk time, if I'm remembering the, the charts right. Uh, six and a half hours of use and connect and sell time is total talk time. Actually talking to, uh, to prospects was one hour, 51 minutes and 18 seconds. That's true talk time. True talk time. Yeah. And so, you know, he's got, he's got some time in his day if he chooses to use it to, to be curious and learn some things and, you know, being not in the car, I guess some people would say, well, I used to listen to books on tape. Okay, great. I mean, but most people I would say were not fully productive in their commute time. I know I wasn't, I'd put, turn on sports radio or a music. I just, by the end of the day with, you know, my, my hair on fire, I was ready for something non-work related. Right? right. But now, you know, without those commutes and stuff, you've got time to, to, to learn. And I love your word, be curious. And so as a management team or as a rep, we, we all have that opportunity to, to, to self-learn. Well, yeah, it, you know, it's really interesting to me. I mean, I look at this, the, the buyer's journey a little differently, maybe from some people. Mm. So we do a lot of helping of people with, with cold calls. Because you have to have a first conversation before you can have a second conversation. First one just has a name. It's called a cold call. Right? Yeah. So we help people do that. And we don't charge them anything for it. We just help them learn how to do it. And we have a framework. And it's a simple framework. It starts with fear. And it's not the rep's fear. It's the prospect's fear. Because when you ambush somebody, they're afraid of you. And when you're yeah. invisible, you're an invisible stranger. It's the scariest thing in the entire history and prehistory of humanity. The people from across the river who paint their faces vertically and you paint yours horizontally and they put a bone in their nose and you put bones in your ears and when they show up at night, they're invisible. And they're not bringing you a Bud Light. 
right. you know they have they have intentions and their intentions don't involve you surviving the night right so we're afraid of invisible strangers mm -hmm. and when you start there the question is where do you go and the answer is well you got to get to curiosity and the path to curiosity goes through trust because you can't be curious until you trust somebody yeah and i think what we're starting to learn is how to trust ourselves enough to be curious because we have a little bit of time and we can settle in. When we're driving on a freeway by ourselves in traffic, we're in a mistrustful frame of mind. Right, for sure. Everything around us, we don't trust. Even if we're with somebody we trust, we don't trust the environment we're in. Yeah. But at the end of my day at five o'clock, we knock off at five strictly here in, in our little apartment in Port Townsend, we're going to go boom. I'm going to walk over, you know, a few feet that way. It's, it's about a five-step journey to get over to Helen's office in the kitchen. And we're going to have a conversation that starts with trust and builds more trust. And that conversation is going to be full of curiosity about her business. First, because it's my business day. Yep. So I didn't know much about her business. So she'll tell me some things and I'll have some ideas about her and then vice versa. Now, when do you get to do that otherwise, right? When do you get to do it? So now we're getting to do it. We're getting to be curious. We have the slack in time and in the mental space we live in to be curious. And it's curiosity that drives life forward. Yeah. It's not production. It's not doing what you did yesterday. Yeah. You know, what you did yesterday might have been attacked by a virus. Well, and you know, that article I referenced about all the great companies that came out of 2008 and 2009, it makes, it makes you just realize that it was curiosity back then that had people coming up with new ideas. And whether you fund a company out of this or whether you just come up with a new product inside your own company or just a new way of doing things, I just love that word curiosity. It's, it's a way for us all to, you know, leverage the time. And the, this is sort of the gift of what we've been given in terms of being able to settle down and think uh, and not just run on the, on the rabbit, uh, what is it, the habit trail all the time, the way we have been for years. Exactly. I bet John Tuggle was doing a really good job today, getting people curious about what might happen in that meeting he's offering. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Well, this has just been amazing. And by the way, I think I want to have Helen on the call because I understand she's got a quite a successful selling career. So maybe we'll save that for another time and see. If we can get yeah, you know, the ones that carry billion dollar quotas are hard to get on the call, but it's anything's possible. In anything's world. possible. I'm not saying I know her quota, by the way. She doesn't tell me that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she is the beast of the world when it comes to great, uh, great sales. I, you know, I, I always tell people, I tell my kids this too. They ask, you know, what's the secret to all this stuff? And I say, it's simple. It's simple. It's management all the way down. It starts somewhere managing yourself. Yeah. And managing yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, time-wise. But at some point, you're managing others. And then you're managing situations and you're managing strategies. It's management all the way down. Yeah. So I have huge respect for great managers. I am not one. So that's even, you know, obviously I'm an admirer. I like watching sports, right? I can't make that cut. I sure love to watch somebody who can. She can make that cut. She's yeah. the real deal. Well, that's great. And thank you so much for, for joining. I think uh, what a great conversation. And uh, we'll have this, uh, this up uh, this week and um, look forward to comments down below. Again, this, this podcast is, is purely for you guys out there. It's uh, for sellers and those who help those who sell for a living and uh, get, it, get it viral. You know, subscribe, share it. 
on social media and get as many people listening to this. It's uh, for you. And we hope it helps whether you're commiserating over a bad week or uh, celebrating a good week. We want to be there with you. So Chris Beal from Connect and Sell has been my guest this week. Uh, look forward to staying connected during this, uh, this time. It'll be mostly virtual for the time being, but it's great to have you. Thanks so much for coming aboard. And we'll talk to everybody another week uh, on Ales with Aslan.